Hi everyone. How many of you are getting really tired with all the changes we've been confronting during the last what is it 18 months? Hard to believe we're almost into 2022. So, I am very excited to introduce you to my guest today, John Gursky, who is Chief Sales Officer at Point Click Care to talk about opportunities for you to really take a better handle of all our challenges and really enhance your ability to succeed moving forward. But let me tell you first a little bit about John. For over 20 years, he's made his magic happening by building winning teams, driving customer success, and designing strategic initiatives that transform companies from not just good but to exceptional. His expertise expanded to so many areas, but just to name a few: design thinking, enablement, sales, operational leadership, diversity. I could go on and on. It's kind of intimidating, but I really want you to meet John and really get a sense of, of excitement around his insights and wisdom. Our theme on this podcast is thriving in the new workplace. How to prepare for success in 2022. So John, we've had to learn how to be resilient, adaptable, agile, risk takers to adapt. Now, so many of those great habits and established routines we've perfected from working at home were being challenged for those who have to go back to work. Is it natural to be nervous about being away all these months? Hello, Roz. Uh, and, and the answer to that is absolutely yes. It, it is natural to be nervous, and we're all getting back into the workflow a little differently. And we, we all have various stories to tell as we've we've been in a different work environment for the last eighteen months. And now, as we're transitioning back into the field, especially for those like myself who are in customer-facing roles, and used to being in offices and、uh, facilities and in locations where we interact with other people, it's, it's different. In many ways, it's the same, and the things that were natural and we used to do so naturally are coming back. But it is also a little bit different. But it feels good. And one of the challenges we're all faced with as we're going back to this new normal is how do we get back in our groove? Things feel the same, but they're a little bit different. And in over the last couple of weeks, I've been at a few conferences, and a common joke that many of the attendees, many of the participants, we laugh about is we'll see each other, and many of us have known each other for years, and, and we're reconnecting outside of a video conference or a, a computer screen. And we talk about what would you forget to pack on this trip? So was it socks? Was it a belt?、Uh, was it a toothbrush? And it, it's a funny icebreaker, but it's a true icebreaker. We're getting back into our groove, and we're not quite there yet, and that's totally normal. And even just something as simple as the initial greeting. So pre-pandemic, when you see somebody for the first time, or you see somebody that you've known for a long time, it's just a natural instinct to extend a hand, handshake. But now we're even questioning: Is that the right thing to do right now? Do you extend the hand? Do you give a fist bump? Do you give a shoulder tap? Or do you do nothing? So there's a lot of feelings out there. Still, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of different emotions as we're going back. But it's good. It's good to be back, and it's finding our groove. Where do you see the the biggest stresses with people going back to work? If you think about how the transition came about, it was abrupt. So we were engaging, we were working, we were doing what we need to do to do our jobs, and、uh, all of a sudden, immediately, things changed. So we were not traveling, we were not going into offices, we were not connecting face to face, but 
we still had our jobs to do. We still had goals to meet. We still had objectives. It was almost as if we had a new job, but not a new employer, not a new role. And we had to figure out how to get things done. So in addition to that, overnight, our workplaces, our homes became our workplaces. And so we had a very, very challenging time separating the home structure versus the work structure. And a lot of this came merged into one. And um, that was hard. It was hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me to separate that home from work when you're doing everything in the same place. And uh, you know, I, I think we, we all have had stories or heard stories where the kitchen table became the office, became the classroom, was still the dinner table. And you had a lot of people using that same um, bandwidth for the internet coming into the home. And uh, it was a challenge. And that created a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. Now, people, fortunately, were able to figure out how to work within that environment and do what they needed to do to be successful in their jobs as well as be successful in their homes. But it was a challenge and it, it certainly created a lot of anxiety. You strike me as someone who really has values and, and boundaries. A lot of people today that I meet in my virtual workshops, they say that they, they really feel out of out of balance. They, they don't really know how to separate business from, from personal life because they work at home and they're at home working. Do you have any recommendations of how to have some kind of semblance? I don't think balance is possible. I think it's a fairy tale. But what would be some ways that people could avoid getting burned out? We tend to work so many more hours. I think one of the one of the challenges that everybody had was just rethinking the relationships. So their home relationships and their work relationships. And I think during this time, to some degree, everybody had an opportunity to rethink their relationship with their jobs and their careers and, and the companies that they work for and, and really evaluate and, and reflect on what's most important to them, what they're most passionate about. And what do they really want to get out of life? What is worthy of their time and their skills and their energy? And what I found was um, people found outlets in many different ways. So, so talking to some folks, they saw this as an opportunity. I need to carve out some personal time to go for a walk every day or to exercise. Or I've always wanted to learn how to play this or do this. And so this was a great opportunity to be able to, uh, to invest in personal development, whether it was work-related or not, and develop a skill or a talent or a hobby that was important to them. One of the things that we did on my team was we spent a lot of time focusing on personal health and wellness and mental health specifically. We wanted to make sure that this was a priority and it got the right amount of attention and focus. And we spent a lot of Fridays talking about mental health topics and mental health exercises, just things that we could do to improve that component of our work life and our personal life. It really is amazing, though, when we went from our traditional working patterns to the new working patterns of working remote, what people missed. So commute is one thing that is often not thought of as a favorable component of a workday. So some people have, you know, 15 minute commutes. You hear about the two hour commutes each way, but that was personal time for a lot of people and time where they could just, they could listen to a podcast. They could turn on some music. They could just have silence and think for themselves. And, uh, and they missed that. So going to find that component, that thing in your life 
that was missing, that uh, that you really missed and you needed to come back, going and finding that was really important to um, to really coping during the uh, remote work environment. I love that you talk about commute time and identify that even though we didn't enjoy it before COVID, that people missed it, right? Just to come to get in touch with their thoughts and chill out, self-reflect. Um, that, that's so, so important. I remember listening to a, a video with Simon Sinek, and he said what he does is, John, he books appointments and it, as if he's having an appointment with perhaps a, a customer, but it's for him and no one needs to know. He'll take an hour off or two during the middle of the day and go to the gym. But he says that he needs to have that and that creativity flows when you give yourself that period of time just to get away. And, what, you know, I, I, how do you do it? You bring up a good point about this blocking time. A lot of us struggle with how do you manage your day and, and, and what do you focus on and what's most important? When we were engaged prior to the pandemic, we had schedules, we had travel schedules, we would go out and do what we needed to do to meet our goals and objectives. But when you're at home, I think a lot of people struggled with, well, I got to stay busy. I got to look like I'm busy. I'm going to schedule all these meetings. And your calendar became booked with back-to-back-to-back meeting on a Zoom call. And that wasn't very fun. That was creating a lot of stress and a lot of burnout. So I think it was very important to set chunks of time to think, to work, to get things done that weren't associated necessarily with a meeting or a set call. And having that time to focus on yourself your tasks and what you need to do was very important to productivity. And at the end of the day, it's not how many meetings you're scheduling on your calendar, it's how productive you are. And everybody has different levels of productivity and you know how to best manage your time and what you need to focus on to get your job done. But by having some flexibility on your schedule and and taking back some of your schedule was really important to the coping and the time management process. But working from home, it's almost as if there was this pressure to always be available. So where else would you be? You're not on an airplane. You're not in an office. You're not on a train. You should be at home working. And that was a really bad assumption. And it was a bad assumption for a lot of reasons. First of all, nobody can be on 24-7. It's not how we get the best out of ourselves and best out of our teams. You need breaks. You need to be able to step away and think, process, and come back with even better ideas. So The idea that we should be on 24-7, that you should always be accessible when you're invited to a Zoom call, you need to have the camera on. I think that's a really bad way of thinking about it. Instead, I think that people should take this as an opportunity to realize that everybody has a different uh, work on and off button. We have to be able to take that flexibility in what we've learned from the pandemic and take that forward in the new work environment. So understanding, you know, how you're engaged, how you're motivated, how you want to um, to be able to communicate and be communicated with and take that and build a new process of engagement going forward. I wanted to add something because we're, we're all experiencing that. I know just yesterday I was doing a workshop and I had one individual who did not want to put their camera on and they said, you don't understand, Roz. I've been on Zoom since six o'clock this morning and now it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I am so exhausted. 
Uh, I will say that you really have to have boundaries. I feel that we're being booked hour to hour uh, and we're not managing our calendars as good as we can. I think going, uh, reaching out and finding why am I invited to this meeting should be the first step because there are a lot of times that we don't have to attend all the meetings. Also, I believe that you need to, if you're scheduling meetings, don't make it hour to hour. Give a 10-minute break between so people could breathe, grab a coffee. I, I think that's important. I also feel right now that you need to have conversations with your manager to be able to let them know, here's when I work best. Uh, we all have times where we're most productive somewhere in the morning, in the afternoon. But being able to say, here's what's on my plate. I feel overextended. I don't want Want to burn out. I want to operate in my best self. What are your recommendations? Because if we keep on saying yes, yes, yes to all these meetings and we don't get a chance to just decompress, it's going to cause people to feel even more stressed out. And I wanted to add something on a comical note. Uh, a lot of times, even if we do have some free time, we may fill it with housework or, you know, chores around the house because for most of us, we're operating at home and we contaminate free time by thinking that we always have to be productive. So I just thought those were some good points to, to consider, John. Your thoughts? Roz, I love the communication theme. And I think that is one of the skills most in demand for the workforce going forward. So how do you communicate with people? And what are the most effective ways of, of communicating? And as we went into a virtual environment, I thought it was really important to stay connected with my team, not so much in a work way, but just how you doing? What's going on? What's going well? What's not going well? And going back to the Zoom and the cameras, my first ask was, I want to communicate and I want to keep the lines of communication open, but we don't have to do this via Zoom. So if you want to, I'm good. If that's your preference, we're good. But if you just want to be a call so you can go on a walk and, and we can chat, that's good as well. And uh, it's interesting. I would say about 90% of the responses back were, let's do this just audio. No, no, no video, no, uh, no need to, to log into a screen. And you know, what I found was people were more authentic that way. They were more real and they were really more focused on the conversation rather than how am I looking? Is, is the light right? It's just a different engagement and a different interaction. And I think that what I learned from that is we have to keep communicating and stay connected. And we found different ways to do that. But everybody has their own preference and everybody has their own sweet spot for being communicated with as well as communicating to others. And that's a really important lesson going forward. Communication is so important to staying connected and making progress. And we need to understand that not everyone likes to be communicated the same way. And I always start off with my customers, ask them what's their preference. You know, do you like email? Do you like me to call you on the phone? Do you want me to text you? Because it's important. If we're miscommunicating with someone, uh, it's not going to help the relationship. I really like the fact of, of the points you're making about uh, acknowledging your team and bringing them closer together. If we think about the future, if we think about 2022, do you predict any changes from where we are now to what will happen in the workplace? Nothing like a deep question, right, John? That is a deep question. So we really don't know. But what we do know is that people want to stay connected. They want to be successful at what they want to do. They want to have passion in their work. They want to have a mission that they believe in and it makes sense. And they want to show up and be their very best every single day. 
And if you look at the skills that we valued pre-pandemic, so those skills are still very important. So when we talk about leadership and decision-making, emotional and social intelligence, just the ability to connect with others, empathy, problem-solving and critical thinking and creativity. So those are all still very, very important. But when you look at what we're going to need to develop even more and what's even going to be more important is really around emotional intelligence. And this may be the new most important power skill for the workforce going forward. Skills around self-management, so active learning. How do we continue to learn and get better? Resiliency, uh, stress management. We all certainly uh, had to deal with that over the last several months. And flexibility. So flexibility is so important. And we already hit on communication as well, which to me is one of the most important skills that anybody could develop. And then um, time management. So time is a very, very precious resource and how we manage it hasn't always been a priority and it needs to be going forward. And that's both work time management and home personal time management. Wow. I am learning so much from you. I knew you were the right person to interview for this podcast. What I wanted just to add to that, and I think it's important with all of what you're saying, I could almost feel a little bit anxious because there's, you know, there's a lot of goals here that I, and a lot of areas I have to really focus on. I think it's about how you also embrace stress. And uh, I, uh, years ago, there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Hans Selly who wrote a book called Stress Without Distress. And he said that in times of change and and pressure, stress could be really good for you because it pushes you out of your comfort, it makes you look at things a different way. But when you resist the fact that stress will exist, he says that's when it becomes distress. That's where it starts to affect your physical health. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think stress is unavoidable, but I categorize it into very broad categories. There's good stress and there's bad stress. So good stress can be motivational. It could be what gets you up and going and keeps you focused on what you need to do and what you want to accomplish. Bad stress, you want to stay away from it or, or just at least try to better manage. So for the bad stressors, what I coach people around is what's really causing that stress? What's driving that? Is it self-inflicted? Is, is somebody else providing most of that stress? Is it because of your job, your home situation, your financial situation? There's all kinds of different things that could impact that bad stress. But I think one of the first keys is to identify what's causing it. And if there is a plan or there's a, a way to eliminate or minimize it, let's move forward with that plan and, and figure out how we do that. For the stress that is impossible to eliminate, we all have job stress and home stress that there's nothing we can do but work through it and better manage it. There's tips and tricks and, and, and all kinds of things you can do. Some people exercise, some people go for a walk, some people go for a drive, some people read. Everybody needs an escape that they can lean into to help with those stressors and really finding what they are and encouraging to not skip it, which was one of the challenges pre-pandemic, when you're on the road, when you're crunched for time with the travel commute, that may be the first thing that gets cut. It's something that helps alleviate your stress and gives you joy and, and you're passionate about. So returning to work, it's going to be really important to not give that up because when we were home, we might've had an hour to be able to devote to that. 
So finding time and making it a priority, just like you would make a, a business meeting a priority, making it a priority to, uh, to invest in yourself and do something that brings you joy, which will likely help alleviate your stress. I love the idea of bringing ourselves joy. You've given us such rich ideas and the whole idea of self-management, resilience, uh, time management, flexibility, and showing empathy for people, which you do, I know for a fact. Uh, I'm, I just can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom. And I thank all our listeners for joining us and having the opportunity to hear the magic that John brings to the world that we live in and continue making a difference to all those people that have the privilege of knowing you, John. Thank you so much. I wish you safety and happiness and joy, right, John? You bet. Thank you, Roz. Earlier episodes of Roz's podcast, including interviews with business experts, as well as her own extensive knowledge base, are all available at usheroff.com. That's U-S-H-E-R-O-F-F.com under the podcast link. You can also subscribe through iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Roz on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and links to those channels are also on the website. You can find out more about John Gursky at LinkedIn. Just search for John Gursky, J-O-H-N-G-U-R-S-K-I, Chief Sales Officer at Point Click Care. Finally, if you are interested in customized virtual training in executive presence, communication, leadership, or conducting a compelling meeting, please reach out to Kathy, that's C-A-T-H-Y, at usheroff.com, and she will be delighted to set up a meeting 